Welcome into another edition of the Back and Forth Podcast. I'm always your host, Scott Matt, here with Joey G. Per the usual, just a friendly reminder, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at BackForthPod, on Instagram at BackForthPodcast. You can follow Joey on Twitter and Instagram at Joey.Eagles13, and myself on both those platforms at MattRaftry925. Yes, it's still unscripted, as promised. But let's get into what we've got going today. Some news and notes to get to, primarily in the NFL world, and some college football news also to get to. Without further ado, started off with some of the news that broke yesterday, that being in the college football realm of things, and that being the Big 12. They are, they're, they're what we would consider down bad, and they're just trying to be respectful at this point. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, all these conferences, like it's all, everyone's forming an alliance. And they're, they're now bowing down, essentially, to the SEC that has, I think, half of the NCAA teams in it. Yeah, and then... I mean, mid-majors are pretty much going to be dead at this point. Like, the Mountain West, you know, the Big 12 is looking to add uh, Boise State, BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF to their conference, which overall is going to screw over the Mountain West. And I think at some point when the Pac-12 looks to expand, um, schools like San Diego State and uh, Colorado State are going to look that in considering what's, good, what's that going to leave the Mountain West with at that point? You're going to have to be Nevada, Utah State, Air Force, Wyoming, New Mexico, Fresno State, San Jose State, powerhouse. Yeah, I mean that's, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Oh, Hawaii for football as well. But overall, that's that's pretty pathetic. Um, and again, this just shows um, kind of going back to the Mount West, the missed opportunities the Mount West has had over the years to expand their conference or make it overall better, at least in one sport. In football, I think they're pretty set. Uh, but you look at the basketball side of things, you know, they had the opportunity to add Wichita State, but they didn't want to do it because Wichita State didn't have a football program. Okay, well, why is Hawaii in the Mountain West for football and they're not in it for basketball? So clearly, like, you can make an exception for Hawaii, but you can't make the exception for Wichita State for basketball. Mm-hmm. It would have worked out perfectly because then you have a 12th team for basketball and then you have that other 12th team for football. Right. Um, and they're both for other sports or in different conferences where as for Wichita State, they don't have a football program. And then Gonzaga, this was something we talked about two years ago many times on this podcast when the Mountain West was literally Gonzaga fell into their lap and the Mountain West was holding them and then they just dropped them and then the West Coast Conference just came back and picked them back up. Uh, they had the perfect opportunity to to land Gonzaga and then they just kind of dropped the ball on that and they let the West Coast Conference, who has really nothing for basketball. I mean, they have BYU, but St. Mary's is occasionally good. And other than that, it's a bunch of really not so big schools. And the Mountain West let that one get away. And then now you're looking at this, you're going to lose Boise State, which is huge. Boise State is extremely relevant in football. And in basketball, every year's two years they they become really relevant or at least in recent years they've been a lot better than UNLV and then you lose BYU you haven't had BYU in your conference but you've had again another that's another school that you had the opportunity to bring back and now you're going to let uh pretty much walk away um you've had the chance to get BYU back for football and basketball multiple times and now you're letting that opportunity walk away and you're also letting the opportunity of forming an alliance with the uh American Conference with Cincinnati and UCF leaving, those are two pretty big schools in that conference. UCF has been obviously really good in football. Cincinnati has been really good in both. Uh, they make consistent tournament runs. A couple years ago, they were, what, just the two seed? Mm-hmm. And then football, I believe they're top 10, aren't they, for football? Or uh, 
Isn't or is it basketball their top? I thought Cincinnati was ranked for football. They might be. Let me double check that. I looked that up real quick. Uh, but those again, all four of these teams uh, leaving, even though one is technically only a Mountain West team, uh, really hurts the Mountain West, and it hurts a bunch of other mid-major schools because um, eventually all these conferences are just going to form some type of alliance. The Pac-12 is not looking to expand right now, but somewhere down the line, um, with the SEC growing and the Big 12 making moves, uh, it's only a matter of time before the Pac-12 gets on it, gets in on it at some point. So Cincinnati's eighth yeah. in college football. Yeah. So Cincinnati, a really great basketball program they have established there now, a really great football program, uh, a lot better. They're the better team in Cincinnati right now. They're better than the Cincinnati Bengals, so <laughs> or <laughs> more relevant at least. So, I mean, yeah, this 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 really hurts. Uh, on terms of UNLV, this really hurts the Mount West, and it's going to be interesting to see what Craig Thompson does. You've He's dropped the ball a lot of times to better this conference and expand it. Again, you let BYU, Utah, TCU walk out the door a few years ago. And now you're about to let Boise State. Getting Boise State was huge, and now they're about to walk out the door. And the opportunity to get schools like BYU and Cincinnati and UCF are also out the door as well, or could be. Yeah, um, all all very valid points. I think you look at this, it was probably well known that Boise State was going to end up moving conferences somewhere at some point in time. I could have made the argument for Pac-12. I think Pac-12 would have been a decent move for them to go to. Um, geographically, it makes sense. Uh, Big 12 is a little bit of a stretch geographically, especially with who they're going to look to add. I mean, this is BYU, uh, I, Boise State, UCF, which is nowhere near either one of those schools, Cincinnati, which is nowhere near any of those schools, and I think that's it, right? B yeah. BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, uh, Boise. So yeah, the Texas schools and Oklahoma. Yeah, so it's a little confusing geographically, uh, but I guess that's kind of where we're we're heading with all these different Power Five conferences. I mean, you look at the Big uh, the Big Ten, right? You have a school as far west as Nebraska geographically, and as far east as I think Penn State, maybe Maryland. Yeah, Maryland, um, which is completely on the east coast and compared to Nebraska, which is considered a, a pretty heavily uh, Midwest school. So I guess from a geographic standpoint, we've kind of been moving in towards a non-geographic friendly um, type of conference. But as a whole, I think this works well for Boise and this works well for BYU because moving to a Power 5 now gives you the uh, the ability to receive Power 5 money. Essentially, you're going to get more lucrative TV deals than you did in the Mountain West. You're going to get more recognition for your recruits. No more Facebook stream games for the Mountain West tournament. That, that's huge for goodness. Boise State. I mean, that's a huge loss. Like 800 people tune into that, I think. So, and about a hundred or so were probably actually the Boise State, you know, like actual fans. The others may have been friends but, and family. And but like that. again, to your point, that's sad. Like yeah. the Mountain West basketball tournament, absolutely the first round is streamed or at least two years ago was streamed on Facebook live. Yeah. Like that while the ACC is on ESPN and, and ABC. Yeah. For they their they, first they round. probably like this is to give you a sense of how cheap the mountain West can be. Sometimes they probably bought a like an iPhone. They probably bought an iPhone 10, 11, whatever it was, the newest one. They probably set it up on a mobile tripod and they logged into the Mountain West uh, Facebook account and just hit record. <laughs> 
Like, come on. Like, what's the score? Dude, like, turns the camera around every time someone. Uh, yeah. Boise just got a layup. Case was a little blurry. It's like, four to six. Come on, Mountain West. You're not serious, right? I mean, the the SEC's not doing this. The pa- the Big Ten's not doing this. The Big 12's they not doing this. They have their own this. networks. They have their own networks. The Mountain West used to have their own network. Yes, professional networks with actual people working at them, with actual equipment. And you look at this from a Boise State standpoint. What was the number one argument we would always make for Boise State when they had a really good season in football? Strength of schedule. Well, you didn't play anybody that good. or mm, You're in the Mountain West, and there was always a gripe with Boise State when it came to the committee as far as should they be in the playoffs or not. Going to the Big 12, that gripe should be well over. That gripe, There should be no gripe. If Boise State continues to perform the way they do in the Big 12, there is no excuse. You need to let Boise State in the playoff, especially if they run the table and say they go 11-1, 12-0, they win the Big 12. I think they've more more than made their case because you look at the Big 12, you're going to be playing still very solid opponents. I get that Texas and Oklahoma have left, but that still leaves Oklahoma State. They're not usually a scrub. They've got a pretty decent head coach. Um, Tex, or I'm trying to think, Texas Tech is still in the Big 12. Um, so you're going to get some schools that are still pretty solid in Big 12 play. Kansas, that, Kansas, Kansas State. for basketball. Can, yeah, Kansas and Kansas State primarily on the basketball side. Pretty good. So there should be no more gripe that, oh, well, Boise State doesn't play anybody. No, they're in the Big 12 now. They're in a Power 5. If they have a good schedule and they have a good season, they should be in the playoffs, just like everybody else. I think it's also why UCF is making the move, too, because I think we all know this. I mean, Scott Frost's last season at UCF, they were literally deeming themselves the national champion because they went undefeated, they beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl, and... A lot of people argued that UCF should have been in the playoffs over, I forget who the other, the fourth playoff team was, but there was an argument that UCF should have been Probably in that Notre Dame playoff. or something. Most likely, yes. Yeah. And if that's the case, then you may have a sound argument with UCF being in the playoffs. It's a very similar boat to what Boise's in. They're now going to a Big 12 conference, a Power 5 conference, where if they have that same type of schedule, they have the same type of results, they should be in the playoffs. Now, could we see this this playoff format expand for college football? I think so. I think in due time, it probably is going to expand to, I don't know, eight, 12 teams, whatever they decide. Uh, mm, but I think it should just stay at – the highest it should go is six. I do think we're, we're going to see an expansion of some sort. Yeah. It, I mean, it may not be with for a few years, but I think an expansion of the playoff is coming of some sorts, whether it's six, eight, ten. I don't know what they're going to exp- expand it to. But, like – the problem is when people do that or when people uh, want want the expa- expansion, the, the next team out is always going to have the argument of that they got snubbed. Oh, sure. There's... So no matter what no matter what we go to, we could go to 32 teams and they're going to be like, oh, you know, uh, TCU got snubbed or something like that. I don't know where TCU will stand at, but you get what I'm saying. So, I mean, it, no matter what, what it goes to, 6, 8, 12, someone's always going to get snubbed and they're going to make the argument, oh, we'll need to be this this amount, this amount. I think 6 would be perfect because, again, these are college athletes and you can't play a tournament style really with football because football takes a lot more time to recover from. That's why games are a week uh, or 7 to 10 days apart versus basketball and other sports. It's, you know, it's, you're back playing the next night or two days apart. So it's a very – physical sport that takes a heavy toll on your body that's why those seasons are shorter and that's why there's a longer break and that's why they have a whole week 
each season or sometimes even two weeks in college football where you have a bye week where you have the week off. Yeah, and I think that you look at it for Cincinnati. I mean, you look at all these schools that they're moving to the Big 12. They're all coming from group of five conferences where they weren't getting the respect I think they deserved, and they realized that it was time to make a move. Um, You look at college football in general. It is, for most schools, I would say probably 99% of the schools in Division I uh, athletics, it is their biggest money generator. So any way they can help their football program be in a better position to get the national recognition it deserves, whether that's a Boise State, a Cincinnati, a UCF, or a BYU, then they're going to do that because they know it's that their football program essentially pays for the rest of the school's athletics. So it would make sense. As far as the Big 12 Conference as a whole, this I don't think is going to make them to the level that the SEC is on. I mean, you look at what the SEC is accomplishing. They were already, in my eyes, the toughest football conference to play in. You could maybe make the argument for the Big Ten as a somewhat decent second. But now you've added Texas and Oklahoma to play teams like Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Florida, Georgia, just to name a few. That is a very scary football conference to go through. If you are a team in the SEC, you will have a dogfight on your hand every single week. Unless you're playing out of conference. And even then, you're out of conference is probably somebody okay. Usually you may have one or two really cupcake type teams that are you should win pretty handedly. But even now, the SEC, a lot of these out, out of conference games have been, you know, a group of five school come they'll play, you know, somebody that is somewhat respectable that at least people have heard of in the past. And so if you're looking for the toughest football conference, it's going to be very tough to take that title away from the SEC with just the depth that they have as far as strength of teams. Um, you know, a, a, a team like Auburn and Alabama—that's a—that's a known rivalry. Auburn, LS, or excuse me, Alabama, LSU, um, whatever rivalries Texas and Oklahoma will, you know, form in the SEC. You know, it's it's very much going to be the heart and center of college football, and I think everybody else will just be behind them, and. For those that are sick and tired of the SEC, well, sorry to inform you, they're not going anywhere, and they're just getting better. That's just the way it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a good upgrade for the Big Twelve. It's a good upgrade, but not really an upgrade, but to keep them relevant because Florida has a lot of change. Or UCF has a huge opportunity to become a real powerhouse in Florida, and you move them into the Big Twelve now into a Power Five conference. That's going to help them with recruiting. And same thing with Cincinnati and Boise. These are all top twenty-five teams, you know, mm-hmm. and putting them in that group of five now is really going to help them a lot with like you said funding and recruiting and i think they'll be able at some point to pick up where some of these other schools may have left off not right away but down the line five ten years fifteen years i think they'll be again an extremely they won't be on the same level as sec but they'll be an extremely relevant conference especially with schools like boise and ucf i think those are huge for them couldn't agree more but let's shift gears a little bit here to professional football we got some news coming out of Denver yesterday that Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Broncos. He beat out Drew Locke and maybe a little bit surprising to some. Yeah, I'm a little shocked. Uh, I was kind of praising Drew Locke the other day, and he played really well in that preseason game against the Vikings. I know it's only a preseason game, but still. I think nothing less still. I'm happy for Teddy Bridgewater, especially with that gruesome ACL injury he suffered with the Minnesota Vikings a few years ago, and I really don't think he got a – 
a fair opportunity uh, in Carolina with the Panthers. Uh, so hopefully he makes the most out of it here with Denver. He's got a few weapons with the Broncos. He's got some solid running backs there. But I still think this move was done to kind of drive uh, Drew Locke a little more or make him a little more motivated. Because, like, again, Drew, I think Drew Locke still has tremendous potential to be a good quarterback at some point. And I think they're just – I don't think they're getting all they can get from him. You know what I mean? And I think if they uh, – give Teddy Bridgewater starting job in May just motivate Drew Locke a little bit more at some point to you know uh, get his job back or to earn his job back at least nothing less but I think Denver's got a good they're in a good situation here you have two really solid quarterbacks if one goes down or one plays bad or what vice versa or whatnot uh, you can kind of throw in Drew Locke you can throw in Teddy Bridgewater but um, I hope Teddy Bridgewater I think he's only on a one year I believe so yes yeah, I mean, he did really good with the the Saints when he was able to uh, fill in for for Drew, uh, Drew Brees. He goes with the Panthers. I really don't think he got a fair chance there. And then he comes to Denver now. If it's only one year, if he can have like a really solid season here, he can go into free agency and get a, a good deal with uh, some other team to kind of be their starting quarterback for a couple years. Uh, but you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm really not sure um, if he will be the starting quarterback at the end of the season. Yeah. Um... I mean, I don't really know what to do with this as far as Denver. Is Teddy Bridgewater a decent starting quarterback? Yeah, I guess so. Am I that sold, though, on Drew Locke? No, not yet. So I think it if it was Drew Locke being announced as a starter, I might be like, mm, maybe you're stretching it a bit. But, I mean, I wasn't really favoring one guy over the other. I mean, neither neither option was going to be great. Um, at least right away. Maybe Drew Locke, you, you make the argument Drew Locke has more potential than Teddy Bridgewater, absolutely. But is either option ideal for Denver in a division that has Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert? Mm, no, not at all. Derek Carr. In a division that has Patrick <laughs> Mahomes and Justin Herbert? Mm, not at all. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, Denver's in a tough spot. They don't have, I mean, they have some decent, receivers in an okay running game but they're missing that true franchise quarterback and they haven't really had it since Peyton Manning I mean they've had what Brock Osweiler Brock Osweiler's been uh, Simeon Trevor Simeon Simeon. and then who was the other dude after him they had another guy in there uh, so, but like again, like these are just how these are forgettable guys. Exactly. Like they didn't really make much of an impact. I mean, they had a couple good games where Bronco fans were like, "I know this because my mom's side of the family is a bunch of Bronco fans." So they're uh-huh. like, "Oh, this guy's this guy's the future. He's a stud." And then craps the bed three weeks later, and then everyone forgets who he is. It's the same thing with Brock Osweiler. But again, I, I, I like again very similar to Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think Drew Locke got a a fair shot last year. He suffered the, uh, I believe, dislocated shoulder. What was it, week one against Pittsburgh? Yeah. And again, it was a COVID year. I mean, most of football last year was, I won't say sloppy, but it didn't feel, it, it you know, it didn't feel like a normal football season, I guess, to kind of sum it up shortly. But um, again, I think this was more, I don't think they're getting 100% right now from Drew Locke, and I think this move, uh, I think Matt's got something here on his phone. I'm just pulling up the Broncos schedule, oh. seeing what they have to look forward to this year. Yeah. So they start out. They're already in a pretty tough division. So they start out okay. Um, at the on the road to the Giants, on the road to the Jags, and at home for the Jets. 
you could maybe go two and one in that stretch. They could go three and zero. I would. I was gonna. They could. I was gonna say three. Will they? I don't know, but was, they could. I was gonna say three and zero. My more realistic p- predictions probably two and one. I could easily see though three and zero. Then they play at I home they, against the Ravens. Mm. I think they can go three and zero. The the Giants. Daniel Jones is. You know, I mean, the, the Giants just aren't really well built at the moment. I think. It's it's not Daniel Jones's fault. It's not Sterling Shepard, whoever you want to put the blame on. They're just not a really well built team. The Jets and the Jaguars both have rookie quarterbacks, and I mean, I, th- I and you have Von Miller coming back for the Broncos. That is and the Von bright Miller side. exactly is going to put a lot of pressure on those guys. And the Raiders, I mean, excuse me, not the Raiders. The Broncos have a you know a great defensive line. They've always had a pretty solid pass rushing game, and I think that you got to use that to your advantage, especially when you have a rookie quarterback. If you can put pressure on him and make him make poor decisions, you know that's. That's your game to lose, pretty much. And then their next three games after the after the uh, Jets game is Ravens at home, Steelers on the road, Raiders at home. That's four and two. After that, you go Browns on the road, Washington at home, Cowboys on the road. Hmm. I'll go five and four. Eagles at home. Six and four. Chargers at home. Mm, I mean, they can they can maybe steal that. Like I'm just gonna give them the maybe. I'll give them the maybe ones wins for right now. So, so seven, seven and four. Okay. Chiefs on the road. No, seven and five. Lions at home. Eight and five. Bengals at home. Hmm. Again, that's another maybe. I'll just like I said, I'll give them the maybe ones for now. Nine and five. Raiders on the road. Nine and six. Chargers on the road. Nine and seven. Chiefs at home. Nine and eight. Again, like, not bad. They they have a pretty easy schedule overall. I think I, I other other so, than their yeah. divisional games and a few other. I like the Steelers on the road and um, I think Dallas on the road. A non biased opinion, but I think if the Cowboys are healthy, Dallas on the road will be tough for them. Uh, there was another one in there. If it was, I don't know what sure. I think Baltimore was at home, right? Baltimore was a home game. There was another road game that Chief, was. Was it Chiefs you're thinking of? It may have been Kansas City, but I think it was outside of the division. So outside of the division, and it's a road game. Uh, let me look real fast. Oh, the Browns. Yeah. Cleveland will be another uh, a tough test for them. So they, they got a shot to go 9-8. and eight. And like I said, I'm rooting for Teddy Bridgewater, but I think their their long-term plan still is, um, is going to be Drew Locke. If they can't get Aaron Rodgers... And like they're not going to be it. I really don't think there'll be a team picking in the top five or top ten this year, and I don't think that's their goal because that's what they've been doing for the last few years. So I think they want to get back in the playoff conversation at some point. I think their goal is to get Drew Locke as a starting QB at some point. And if but if Teddy Bridgewater is playing really well this year, like you can't just take him out, right? You know what I mean? But again, I think going into next season, it will go back to Drew Locke because I think what the Broncos want and what Teddy Bridgewater wants is just obviously to have a good year and I think Teddy Bridgewater wants to at some point get a big contract going into next season because he's approaching his 30s or he's already he's in his 30s and uh, he could go somewhere and become a starter for a couple years and I mean Broncos are probably viewing this as a somewhat win-win because if, if he underperforms a little bit like you said it may drive Drew Locke a little bit to get his starting job back so once he get once he gets it back he starts playing a lot better and a lot more consistent and if Teddy Bridgewater is playing really good then you have a a really decent uh starting QB for the season that can get you into the playoffs and that can get you into a wild card game and that could potentially even take your team to the divisional round so uh it'll be interesting to see what happens with Denver this year 
but hopefully Bridgewater Bridgewater can stay healthy because like he did really good with uh, New Orleans. I don't think he got a fair shot in Carolina, and we saw what he could do when he was 100% healthy with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, it is going to be interesting to see what Denver does as far as how they do this season. But uh, while we're on the topic of the NFL, a uh, little fun tidbit came out today on uh, our our buddy Miles Garrett, uh, not a, a stranger to the show topic-wise at all. He's not your buddy. After what he did to Mason Rudolph. But. I mean, acquaintance. How about that? <laughs> I, I don't dislike Miles Garrett, but I'm not also a fan. I'll, I'll, I'll be neutral about it. Um, you're welcome, Mason. If I liked Mason a little bit more, maybe I wouldn't like Miles Garrett. But eh, <laughs> Mason Rudolph eh, probably deserved it. Anyway, getting to the topic, though. He said that uh, he would pretty much, in I'm pra- paraphrasing this, destroy Logan Paul in a fight. Logan or Jake? I think he said Jake Paul. One of the Paul brothers. Yeah, it was Jake Paul. I think it was Jake because Jake's the one that responded. And um, I don't Jake, like them both, but Jake's the one so that he, runs his mouth a little more. Hang on. Let me find the exact quote here. because I, I, Thankfully, this is a podcast, so we have a little more liberty as far as yeah. what we can say and can't. So, Miles um, Garrett, quote, I'd beat the brakes off Logan Paul, but I'd have bigger fish to fry, end quote. That's from Miles Garrett. Jake Paul responded with stick to football my friend you saw what happened when nate robinson from the nba tried to step into the ring end quote okay that's two things here how tall is nate robinson i don't even think he's six foot i think he's He's like like, five eight right uh, let me double check his height for look at his height and weight let's just compare the two let's compare nate robinson the basketball player to Nate Robinson, the point guard, to Miles Garrett, the defensive end. In so the you NFL. were close. Nate Robinson is 5'9". Five 5'9". Nine. Five nine. How much does he weigh? That's what I'm looking for as well. Nate Robinson weighs a whole 180 pounds. And I'm just, I think Miles Garrett's like, what, 6'5", 270? That's another Google search. Give me a minute. <laughs> I think Miles, Gar- Miles Garrett is 6'4". Six 6'4". Four. Six four. And he Miles Garrett weighs uh, 272. Yeah. He would he would kill Jake Paul, <laughs> like he would. That was that would be would murder kill, in the first degree. He would kill Jake Paul. This guy Miles Garrett is dealing with six seven six eight two hundred eighty pound three hundred pound offensive lineman seventeen times a year, sixteen times a year, and plus including practice practice and whatnot. Like he's got to get through these guys, even when they double team him. He's got to get through these guys to get to the quarterback to put pressure on them or to sack him. And then Jake Paul is going to be the one that steps in the ring and is going to. Uh, knock out or or beat uh Miles Garrett in a box? No, not gonna happen. Uh, I, Jake Paul needs to uh, he needs to lose a fight in the near future soon. He needs to be humbled because he's beaten a basketball player that has never stepped in the ring before, a washed up UFC fighter, and then a YouTuber. Who who's Jake Paul beaten? That's, Nobody. That's the list so yeah, far. He he beat Ben Askren. Ooh, Ben Askren hadn't been in the ring for 10 years. Nate Robinson who's never fought. Nate Robinson never had a fight in his life. And then like a YouTuber, right? Wasn't yeah. that the other one? Yeah, I would say right now like Tyron Woodley is probably Jake Paul's most sound opponent that yeah. he's faced so far. Yeah. Or going to face. When him. is that fight by the way? Sunday. Oh, it's this Sunday. Yeah, that's that's why I saw the uh thing come up. I was like, "Oh yeah, Jake Paul's fighting this weekend." Won't watch that. But anyway, yeah. That's the problem, though. Like, everyone's so annoyed by him, but, like, they keep giving him... I mean, I guess we're kind of doing it right now, so it's a little hypocritical, but they keep giving him the attention. Yeah. 
I but, mean, well, yeah, this is probably the last time we talk about Jake Paul. I mean, we may go into it next week because of the fight Sunday, but like, I mean, he just he gets on social media, he just gets hyped up. A, I don't know why they keep feeding into it. Both yeah. the Paul brothers, to be quite honest with you. And to put this into perspective, Miles Garrett is six four. Jake Paul is six one. So Miles Garrett has a whole three inches, for sure. Probably outweighs Jake Paul. Oh yeah, by at least you, fifty pounds. I mean, we saw the destruction Miles Garrett was doing to Mason Rudolph, and that was on a football field in a split second. You want to go into a boxing ring with this guy? But like I said, the okay. destru- the destruction he does against offensive linemen, yeah, seven that he has to like practice and get through yeah. seven plus through practice through seventeen games in an NFL season, yeah. or at least sixteen, but it's going to be seventeen this year. Uh, yeah, I would probably bet my my house on Miles Garrett if those two ever stepped in the ring. But I mean. I mean, we'll see. Happen. We'll see what happens with uh, Jake Paul this this weekend on Sunday. Uh, like Matt said, that's probably his toughest opponent so far. And if he wins, what he'd be four and all right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah. I guess I really don't like both of the brothers. You have Logan Paul, or they. Well, Jake started saying that Logan won after the Mayweather fight. Which, if you, you paid for that fight, you got screwed. You got screwed. Yeah. You donated a lot. Just of- like you can literally just stream all these fights. I mean. No, Dana White will come for you. Yeah. Um, Streamers, stream it. See what happens. See what happens. Exactly. <laughs> and then the same thing. Like, what are you gonna do? You're not gonna do anything. You're gonna. You're gonna. It. You're gonna get Dana White himself knocking on your door and being like, "Excuse me, are you <laughs> are you streaming this fight by chance?" Or is the Jake Paul fight here in Vegas? Where is it? Um, I think it's either in Ohio or Florida. One of the two. Ohio. Well, because he's from Cleveland. I know. Oh my God, that's probably part of the problem. Anyway. I hope it's Florida at least. I mean, at least you can get people that will actually show up. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see the headlines. I personally won't pay for the fight. I won't watch the fight. I'm not interested in watching Jake Paul. Sorry. Just doesn't make my uh, my viewing schedule for a Sunday. I'd, I'd rather watch baseball, to be truthfully honest. And baseball is extremely tough to watch on television. But if it's baseball or Jake Paul. It's it's tough to watch in person sometimes, too. Well, that's why we make it fun when we go to the aviators. Yeah, we, we, we try to bet. But, I mean, <laughs> we were doing good. Our last four aviators games, we, were, we stayed the full we game. And then the streak ended last week. I think we left in the beginning of the eighth. Yeah. Because, I mean, we just couldn't take it anymore. But, I mean, other yeah. than that. True. We, I think we've gotten better. Because the year before that, before COVID, I mean, we there were some games we left in, like, the <laughs> fifth inning so yeah. but, but yeah uh nonetheless uh we'll, i'm sure we may discuss jake paul in passing on monday or whatever on the show but not really looking forward to getting completely dived into that just because i don't know if it's really worth talking about i mean jake paul's a pretty exhibitionist fighter mm. again well there, is there's even a, three no because most of his fights are have been exhibitions right Maybe for his personal count, he's 3-0. I don't know what his official record is, though. Right. Because, again, like Joey said, they're, they're kind of exhibitions. So, they're, I mean, sometimes they count, sometimes they don't. It just, just depends on the fight. Because I know the Floyd, that was his brother, but I know the Floyd and Logan. Floyd Paul, was a complete exhibition. That they, was an exhibition. And, That's they, why and, and they ended up in a, yeah, exactly. Draw. They ended in a draw. Again, if you paid for that fight, mm, why? <laughs> but It was rigged, honestly. Yeah, it, 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 was. it was. It was staged. It was planned. They can say what they want about it, but yeah. nonetheless, we'll have more for you guys on tomorrow's edition of Back and Forth, and also pay attention. We got an announcement coming up tomorrow. I'll leave it at that. Make sure you are tuning in on the Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure you follow the show 
at BackForthPod on Twitter, at BackForthPodcast on Instagram. I'm at MattRaftry925 on both platforms. Joey is at JoeyGallego on both those platforms. And with that, enjoy the rest of your evening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Peace out.